Hey you, welcome to You the Dreamer podcast where we explore the worlds of spirituality and personal development as well as many other topics that ignite us and help us feel encouraged to follow our dreams. I'm Em, a human design and integration coach and a networker. I absolutely adore people and learning about their stories because I know we each have a unique way of looking at the world. Thanks for listening and let's get started. Hello, beautiful soul, and thank you for joining me on You the Dreamer podcast. Today we have Miranda Tiller. She is a dear friend of mine. She is a breathwork facilitator and somatic practitioner for women who are desiring stepping into their authentic, powerful selves so that they can experience fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. And Miranda is such a beautiful person. She really helps women see the truth of who they are to connect to their inner child. She asks amazing questions. And that's one thing I love about her is is her ability to tap into this question that you may not know that you even have within you, but allows you to tap into your highest answer, what your highest self would answer of those questions. And we talk about connection to self and other on this episode. And I hope you get something out of it. Let's go ahead and get started. Thanks for joining me. Okay, everybody. So hello, hello. Today we have Miranda Tiller, one of my best friends on the podcast. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here. Miranda is a trauma-informed breathwork and life guide and somatic practitioner. She is so wise and kind and has really done so much work in the breathwork space um in the last uh how many years like two I think two years yeah feels like a lifetime um her goal is to help guide women in embodying their desires and live their dream life and is there anything else that you have to add about sort of your work as uh uh what do you call yourself a somatic practitioner I think that pretty much sums it up, just really loving women back to who they are and helping them reconnect to the wisdom of their body. And from there, connecting deeper to their intuition and their Mm. source of power. Mm. Beautiful. I love somatic work. So my first question for you that I ask everyone is, what is a dream that you have for the world? Mm. I love this question so much. The dream that I have for the world is to know and love themselves so deeply in a way that when you know and love yourself so deeply, you share this with other people and then reminds other people to love themselves deeper. Mm -hmm. That's what I see in this world. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So why don't we just start with like your story and 
Yeah, I just want to hear about, you can start anywhere in your story, though. It doesn't have to be from the very beginning, wherever you feel called, because I think that people are drawn to listen to other people's stories and like how they can relate. And I think the world is seen through stories. So I would love to just hear about yours and like what inspires you, what got you in the journey or on onto the path of breathwork and somatic healing. I think for so long in my life, I felt so disconnected from my body. I felt like there was always something wrong with me. I struggled a lot with unchecked anxiety, but you would never know it looking at me. You know, my day was scheduled from, by the the time I was probably seven, it was in gymnastics and and I was an ice skater, a figure skater. And so my day was booked from 5 a.m. till 9 p.m., pretty much Monday through Friday. And I, that was my world. And so going through high school, going through college, I never gave myself a spare moment to really be with myself. And in my senior year of college, I ended up getting pregnant. I had this plan of being a, um, I had my, I, my, I have my degree in exercise science and I was going to go on to get my degree in physical therapy, become a doctor of physical therapy. And that was a moment when I really sat down and was like, I actually really don't want to do that with my life. I don't want to do that. I had completely ignored this creative visionary side of me for so long because honestly, of, of just parental wounding, you know, uh, being really shoved into the masculine, the masculine way of living of like going, 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 doing, 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 achieving, making a lot of money, like whatever you do, you've got to make a lot of money and then you're going to be set. And like, that was my mindset. And I was like, well, I don't feel that strongly about money, but I love helping people. And what's one way I can make a decent amount of money and help people was physical therapy. And then when I got pregnant, that whole kind of fake dream shattered because everything became about this little baby that was growing inside me at the age of 21 when everyone else is graduating college going to get internships and you know make their mark in the world I was becoming a mom and that started my journey inward after a lot of sitting with my own sadness, my own anxiety, all of the things that were coming up. And I was still looking outside of myself. I wasn't by any means in, you know, had it figured out, especially at the age of 21. (laughs) But after having my son, who's now going to be eight in, which is crazy. I can't even, (laughs) can't believe he's going to be eight in December. Um, It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's wild. But after having him, I was like, okay, what do you want to do with your life? You're a mom now. And this is a lot of pressure, but what do you want to do with your life? And thankfully I had an incredible, amazing partner at the time who is now my husband. Now we have two kids. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It worked out in that way. Um, I, I, we moved to Washington cause he decided to join the military. Um, and when we were in Washington, I just started getting in again, this deep hole of what am I, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing in the world? Like, who am I? Why am I here? There has to be more than this. 
And for a solid year, I kept asking myself and just, it was like this external prayer of just like, what am I here? What am I here for? What is my step? What, what is my path? What is my purpose? I love being a mom and I'm not a stay at home mom. I have deep desires to really help change this world. And I knew that I was always meant for something great. I knew that I was meant for something great from a very young age. And I knew I wasn't like living up to my potential. Mm -hmm. I wasn't living up to my potential. And that was so frustrating for me. So we're in Washington. I know no one, my baby's six months old. I am losing even more and more and more of myself, more of my connections in the world. And I'm like, you know what, what can I do from home that feels a little bit more connected to the outside world a little bit? I became a beach body coach. Yes, I was a beach body coach. And then that was kind of cool to create the different connections with people. But I started to realize that this is really, again, not more, not meaningful enough, not what I really want to do. And I was also a personal trainer at the time. And being a personal trainer, I'm like, okay, this isn't it. Like, I don't want to help people get abs and a booty. That's definitely not it. And Mm -hmm. even people coming to me, you know, wanting to lose weight for X, Y, Z. It's like, I saw that the pain that they were carrying, it wasn't about the weight loss. It wasn't about that. It was about what they believed the weight loss was going to bring them. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of my time as a personal trainer really being with people, really getting to know their deep pain. They often opened up to me way more than their therapist. They, I heard that on multiple occasions, mm-hmm. which then made me realize, okay, if it's not the, the weight loss, it's much deeper. How can I help these people on a deeper, in a deeper way? And so I started doing some different research. And at the time I really didn't have a lot of spare cash to invest in education or um, much, but I did end up spending a very large chunk on a life coaching certification that really did change my life and help me change the lives of my clients on a much deeper way. And since then, you know, those eight years ago, it's really gotten me to go deeper down this path of self-discovery, of spiritual growth even, and more even more specifically like the somatic work like the body-based work because yes the mind is so 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 beautiful and it's powerful but what I'm seeing more and more and more through this work is that our connection to our hearts our connection to our bodies our connection to our intuition which I believe is our direct connection to our source put God angels universe whatever you want in in there but I feel like we're missing a really, really big chunk if we're only staying in the mind space. And if if we're only letting our mind lead, that we're missing, we're missing out on what our bodies are asking for us, what our hearts are asking for us to create. So long story short, that's where I'm at now. That's (laughs) That's where I'm at now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's so beautiful. I really really admire you and I always have and you have such a way of embodying love and deep nurturing and care for others and I think that's what makes you such a powerful powerful practitioner um I just really admire all of those traits about you and 
what is something in the last year that you have learned through your journey just in this time? In the last year, I think that the biggest thing that I've learned is how important connection really is you know with Mm -hmm. COVID having us all kind of be separated and how detrimental that is I mean we're human beings we are not meant to be alone we're not meant to be isolated from one another and in the last year I've really realized that collaboration and connection is deeply healing it is a deeply, deeply healing work to be able to connect with others in a way that's, that is healthy and healing rather than reaching for others as a way to soothe pain, mm-hmm. not soothing, but actually deeply healing and being held by other people, which most people didn't get that growing up. You know, we were we reached a lot and we weren't met. We reached a lot and we weren't met. And so connection with other feels painful, but we will naturally reach because we are human. We need other people. And so those that did not get what they needed. And honestly, I'm going to say everyone, everyone, you could have the most amazing parents in the entire world. You could have all the best caregivers around her, but there's always going to be those moments where you reached and you weren't met. And so there's like this deep pain that happens when you know that you need to reach, but that reaching feels really scary. And that reaching, you know, that you you associate that reaching with pain. And so we eventually stop reaching for connection, Mm -hmm. deep, deep connection with others. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest lesson over that last, this last year of like, we live in an abundant world. We and rely on each other we can connect with each other and that's actually the only way that we're all going to make it out of this world feeling uh, loved and whole and Mm -hmm. just in that deep connection with others do you find it interesting like I do that in a time that we have the most way to connect through like social media and we have the most people on the planet yet we feel the most disconnected yes oh my god I have chills in that question because we do you're right we have these beautiful ways to to connect with people like you open social media you have like thousands of people that you can connect with at any moment in time but I think the thing that we're missing is that connection to ourselves and that connection to our even our pain within ourselves and getting to know that pain and realizing like okay what does this part of me actually need and and knowing that it's safe to create these deep connections because we have so many superficial connections with people like hey how are you how was your day great okay but like those deep really like where one soul sees the other soul is what we need more of and I think in order for that we need to look at ourselves and actually be with ourselves so that when we are with others we're being our fullest expression of who we are and that radiance is like this invitation for others to to find that within themselves too and when two people are radiating 
because they know who they are. They're so connected to their heart that, oh gosh, the, the brilliance of that, like the power of that. And I think that too many people are like, ooh, let me reach out for superficial reasons. And we're going to continuously get these, like the ego is going to run wild and as it is in our world right now. So. Yeah, you're exactly right. I really resonate with the part of your story that does the beach body coaching because I was in the CrossFit world before I was in more of the personal development and then the spiritual side of things. And I really felt that because I struggled so much with my own body image and disconnection and like distorted connection to my body, I was always trying to get validation through like how hard I worked out or how far I ran. And I was like reaching for these like compliments and these to attain these goals uh, physically and through just like my pant size, even that it was never enough. Like it never gave me what I actually truly desired, which was to be seen for who I really am and knew myself to be, but I couldn't really see it in myself and the people that I was reaching for it couldn't see it in themselves. So then how was I to ever get what I truly needed and was like longing for? So through that coaching certification that we went through together, I found you and women like you. And then we just kind of created our own kind of community of people that could see each other and help heal different wounds within each other. I was thinking the other day, like how grateful I am for you and our other friends that we have made just because when I don't feel grounded or connected I can feel held and safe with you guys and I just think that's something that seems to be missing from a lot of other people though yeah because we're able to be with our own pain mm -hmm. so when, when we come to each other when we're at a low point we're not reaching out to say fix me mm -hmm. we're reaching out and saying I am feeling like a bag of balls yeah can you mm -hmm just to hold me for just a minute. Yeah. And even in that space of like calling the other person and being silent on the phone for five minutes, just knowing that someone else is there holding space, not trying to fix you, not trying to make you feel better because it's not about that. It's just when we can hold each other in that pain, it's healing for both people. We're just being those healthy containers, those healthy mirrors for each other. Yeah. And that's what makes it super healthy. Yeah. Really? I love that. I'm, I'm just in this space. I think that you and I both share the common goal and interest of being able to give that community to other people and people that are desiring for more connection that don't really know where they can get that. Yeah. Or even feel like one, unworthy of it, or two, yeah. like, they don't know how to connect in that way, or that those people aren't going to like me. And like, those are just, you know, those are stories that we've picked up from our entire lives, mm -hmm. you know, and 
people are, you know, people can be really healthy for us. And also just like people can be unhealthy for us. Mm-hmm. But finding those right people who you feel connected to, to do the work with is deeply, deeply powerful. And really we need to remind ourselves like, this is our own work, right? This is our own work. We're each on our own journeys mm-hmm. and we can't be on our own journeys without anyone else. Mm-hmm. Very true. Do you think that boundaries, like the more that you've learned about yourself and about connection and community and the people that are good for you, I mean, obviously have created healthier boundaries for you in your own relationships? Oh my gosh, 100%. Boundaries were something I did not know of I I had zero boundaries a few years ago you know and to set a boundary felt really um uncomfortable it felt like I was like hurting someone else mm-hmm. and what I was realizing is by not setting a boundary I'm allowing everyone else's energy to hurt me and yeah. I need to be the one to really protect myself and sometimes that means setting a really hard boundary, but my boundaries come from a place of loving myself, of saying, I am not available for that. You will not talk to me like that. You will not treat me like that. You know, like, and it doesn't have to necessarily be someone else is doing something mean to you. Cause when someone else is doing something mean to you, it's like, okay, that is a clear space where a boundary needs to be made. But even when it is like, you're talking to yourself, you know, I, I too, just like you would, struggled with body dysmorphia and, and just awful body image, just, just terrible. And the way that I would talk to myself in, when I was in that mindset was so mean mm-hmm. and I had to set boundaries with myself of being like, listen, I will not talk to myself that way. Like I am choosing to love who I am. I am choosing to love me. And that kind of talk is not allowed. I hear you and and I hear like, cause the way that I work is like in parts. So this part of me was, was berating my body out of fear that if my body didn't look a certain way, I'm not going to be lovable. Mm-hmm. And so I had to talk to this part of saying, listen, I know that you think the way to this love is by making your body look this way. And I love you. I love you anyways. I love you through that. And the more that I actually just loved this part of me instead of wanting to get rid of it, the more that it was like, oh, okay, you know what? You're right. Like, I don't have to be over-focused on the way that my body looks or even what I'm what I'm putting into my body. Like, I just get to love me mm-hmm. no matter like where I'm at, what I'm doing. And so I think that, that that's how my boundary start is, is with myself. And then once I started them with myself, it was easier to put them with other people. And even, you know, just, I love boundaries now. (laughs) So great because it just protects my energy because my energy is so important because the way I show up for people, the way I'm showing up on this podcast, the way I'm showing up for the people I love in my world, like I need to protect my energy because my energy, just like your energy, just like, you know, people listening to this, your energy is the most valuable thing that you have to, to offer this world. It's, it's your beingness. You've got to have boundaries for that. You just have yeah. to. 
I love, I love boundaries, but I'm still, I still learn every day mm-hmm. how poor, poor I can put my boundaries up or, or like how, um, I just need to practice my boundaries more. Um, because I still like fawn to people a lot, which, you know, the fight, fight, uh, fight, flight, fawn or freeze are the responses, um, that we kind of go through. And so for me, fawning is pretty common, which is just, is essentially people pleasing. And I find that because that's such a, um, reaction for me to fawn, it just means that I have more opportunities to put up boundaries and to learn boundaries, um, than maybe people that like, are more likely to flee or fight. Yeah. You know, because when we look at fun, because I, I too am someone who typically that's like a, a go-to just because of developmental trauma that I went through and, and all of it. That's just the thing that I, I learned. I was too little to fight. I was too little to, I mean, I couldn't just freeze. I had to go along with things because that was my source of safety. I had to go along with things. And so we learned that in order to get love in order to get what we need we just need to appease the people and when we do that we are quote safe but we realize like as adults like we don't need that defense mechanism like we did before now we are full-fledged adults and it's like we forget that because again it's a it's a response it's a reaction from the body and our body holds the trauma from these times when we had to fawn freeze fight all of it So I so, so, so feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. And, and too, I I think that learning about different or learning about our boundaries then allows us to connect more deeply to people that are truly good for us versus like more toxic because, you know, once you have boundaries and, and you're not available for people that are toxic, then you're able to connect and find communities that are healthier for you, at least in those moments. Like I know that I've had relationships fall away that weren't necessarily toxic, but just no longer served me anymore. But then it allowed other doors to open into new relationships, Yeah, you know, and, th- and things like that. Sure. So, Yeah. I appreciate like everything that you have to say about connection. What are some things like somatically that like when you started getting into somatic work, what are some tools that really helped you with your own journey? Mm, This is so good. One thing that I still do now is like, you know, after the shower, you have to like put lotion on, right? You can't just like not put lotion on. Mm -hmm. It's being so slow as I'm putting on the lotion, like really feeling my skin as if I'm like putting this like lotion on a newborn baby, like really feeling my skin and like connecting with each part of my body has Mm -hmm. been this really beautiful practice for me. And so so that's one that has, has helped me connect with like all parts of my body and like, even like, you know, the parts that we, I have more work to, to love on really taking my time on these areas on my body and, and connecting, um, physically there. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that, that I love is like mirror work. 
of like really looking at myself in the mirror and looking at my body in the mirror and like holding myself as I'm looking in the mirror. So I'm like giving myself this beautiful hug. And, um, in this hug, it's like, I'm, I can, I'm holding myself and I can feel that. And then I can also see that in the mirror that I'm also holding that. So it's like this, uh, it's really hard at first, especially if like, if no one, if you haven't started this like body, um, healing journey yet, or you're still like wherever, wherever you're at, it still can be very, very challenging to look at yourself in the mirror and to even hug yourself and really mean it. So like some of those little things to help you connect. And the other thing that I love to do, I'm not super into yoga. I love doing yoga. I love moving. I love the yoga stuff, but I love the flow of it. And I love how by connecting with the small sensations in my body and letting those move me, letting my body like undulate, letting it move and really connecting to the movement that my body desires to move has been, it helps me get out of my head and into my body very, very quickly. There's something, Mm -hmm. and if you're, if you're like, I don't know how to do that, like dance, you don't have to put any music on, just like do a little bit of dancing, shaking even like to help you get from the mind to the body and, and walking, taking your next step from there. Like these little tiny things that you can do throughout the day can help you bring your awareness from the mind space to the body, the felt sense. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Mm, I love somatic work. I love sometimes I think like, because I know for me in my journey, when I uh, started understanding or learning about somatic work, I was felt like it had to be very complicated because just the word somatic, I didn't really understand it. And I was like, Oh, it must be complex. Like, but ultimately it's just right. Like getting into the body and out of the mind so much. Is that yeah, sort of yeah. body based soma is body. Mm-hmm. So body-based work, body-based approach. Yeah. Yeah. So just like even dancing to one song will really change my state of mind and change the state of my, that my body is in. I I noticed that state change is really, really important for me and kind of connecting with my surroundings. So dance and yoga have been very helpful as well as, um, any sort of like anger release work. That's just very like in the body and just allowing myself to release anger in a healthy environment. Um, and another one that I forgot about, mm-hmm. that I don't know why I forgot about it. We do it like all the time is like a feeler. So yeah. when we're like feeling something, what one of us will call the other person and say, Hey, can you just hold space for a feeler? And what we're doing essentially is we are just sitting in like meditation, really, you could sit however you want, but then you're just connecting to the felt sense of the body. So like in this five minute span, you're saying, Oh my gosh, okay. I'm really, I feel this tightness in my upper back. I feel this uh, butterflies almost in my stomach. I feel a contraction in my heart space. And you just kind of go through naming what you feel in the body. And sometimes some areas will have an emotion linked to it. And so this emotion might come up. And then what our mind wants to do is often say, why am I sad? Why am I crying? Why do I feel angry? (laughs) Trying to like justify it or have a reason for it. And often there is no reason. It just is what our body is, is holding onto. And we give ourselves this gift 
of allowing the sensation to move through our body without judging it or trying to make sense of it. Because when we do that, we often hold on to it. And we don't have to understand why this, this, these tears are moving through us. It's just our body's natural way of shedding and releasing and letting go of what it, it doesn't need to hold on to anymore. Yeah. So. I really love that. It's, it's so, I know that the biggest, I, I just had an epiphany. I think the, you know how, like you forget how far you've come until like, even if you like look at a picture, for example, and like, you see like, oh my God, I've like come so far since that year. Yeah. And it just reminds you of like what you've been through. I just had an epiphany that I used to have this story that no longer runs anymore. That was, I am crying and I am angry because I'm like so dramatic. And that was like a story of mine that I was like abnormally dramatic and emotional and like Um, I was just way too emotional. And then when I got into our coaching program and was finally doing all of these feelers all the time, and it was so normalized that what I was feeling was normal. um, Mm -hmm. I have not had that story run in a really long time that I'm too emotional. I just felt fully at home with like my, my friends that got it. Yes. That's so powerful. I just got chilled because I too was, was labeled as too sensitive. You're too sensitive. Yeah. Too sensitive. And I'm like, that is actually my superpower. It's a superpower. (laughs) It is a superpower. It, um, and then I did watch that film. Did you watch sensitive? Um, the movie Gaia. It is on Gaia, but it's like on prime too. I think. I think Um, I did watch that. It's like literally a gene. It's a genetic trait, like to be hi- hypersensitive. Okay, yeah, yeah, highly yeah, sensitive yeah. person. And I'm totally that. Like I'm HSP is what they call. I'm you are too. Yeah. Like probably yeah. every single person in that program is a HSP. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but maybe not. I mean, but I mean, maybe not every person, but <laughs> maybe, maybe like 98% yeah. or something. 90%. Because I mean, a lot of us identify as like empaths and like that is a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down about, you know, being an empath and being like, I can't like, cause boundaries are often hard for, for empaths. Cause we yeah. do feel so deeply. We either shut it off completely or we're like, Oh, I just can't cause I'm an empath and I can't feel that. But it's like, that's what boundaries are for. We get to choose whose energy we allow into our space and we get to choose how much we hold. We forget that. Yeah. We don't have to just let it all in, but yeah, a whole nother whole nother we'll have to do a podcast episode just on being an empath because that has been extremely confusing for me not in the brain so much as just choosing what to hold and choosing what not to hold and being somewhat immersed in other people's energy and I can literally it's so interesting actually this morning this happened to me I had to bring to school the little girl that I nanny and this new person I hadn't met that um is a friend or a coworker of her mom like came into the house and I felt the energy shift like not bad or good she was super nice um but I just felt her her difference of energy in the house than anyone else's that had been in the house because it was new and I was like 
my spidey senses are getting very sharp like it just it was just very funny um because her energy felt kind of like light happy and then a little bit of like stress and I could feel all of it and I was like she's feeling uh light happy and a little bit of stress right now I was like this is so but I love being an empath because I was like oh okay that's hers like and I because I I came in feeling good today and I was like um that little bit of stress is not mine yeah and that that's powerful it goes back to like that boundaries uh little piece that we were talking about too about like being an empath is so powerful and we also have to know the, the better we get with boundaries with ourselves like the better we are actually able to hone in on this gift of being an empath but yeah I totally agree like having a having a whole separate episode for empath would be so good yeah this can just be like mini part one of being an empath because being an empath is one of the favorite things that I have in common with like most of my friends um it's just easier to feel understood and it's funny because like I had this flashback of like being a kid and there was this boy in school that told me I was like a crybaby and he was like he was like two out of the th- there was like a lot of Emily's at our school and he was like two out of the three Emily's in our greater crybabies and he's like you're definitely on that list oh wow but and like imagine how he what he must have been feeling for himself of being uh, like right. probably not able to cry at all in his conditioning correct yeah. like whether he was an empath or not I clearly was and um also you know that also a whole nother tangent of like being a boy and kind of the conditioning they have to go go through because I also believe that like my brother is an empath and um just the way that like he and I differ in like our coping mechanisms um he's very private and I'm more of an open book but I think that also has to do with like the conditioning that society plays in that you know, I'm like a, a boy mom, I have two boys and mm. I am very empathetic and I know that I teach my boys empathy just in my beingness. But when it's hard when they're at school and they see these other ways that the kids are being and with my oldest being in second grade, almost going to be eight, like it's, I can tell this next wave is coming where, you know, he sees his friends starting to shut off their emotional world a little bit and that's something that I I kind of fear a little bit of of him wanting to shut his off in order to be accepted and loved by his friends so Mm -hmm. that's that's the next wave coming but yeah if you're a boy mom listening to this just love on them just as you would those little girls yeah it's it's very I think girls can do it too and there's so many factors that go into just like being a human being which is why I like doing this podcast because I just like to learn, you know, there's so many different worldviews out there, which we were talking about earlier today, but like your worldview is never going to be the exact same as anyone else's. And so there are so many factors that go into everything that we talk about here and like having boundaries and connecting with others and like being an empath and, um, I guess the last little thing that I want to talk about today was like, what are we, at least I have been going through sort of like a creative slump 
So I know that's like a side topic, but what are some things that you do like to get out of a creative slump or um, even this can even go to connection, like feeling just you're in a slump of connect connection to others and how can we get sort of out of that slump in order to reach out to others or to be in a creative zone again? Yeah, this one is so good because it's something that I am currently navigating again because I think we all do. We all go through creative slumps. We go through slumps where we're not connected to ourselves. We're not connected to others. And we're like, ugh, this is uncomfortable. We numb out with TV and social media and start using all these different Band-Aid tools to help us get the connection subconsciously. We're doing this subconsciously most of the time that we're reaching for these things. And what we really want is connection and coming back into our creative nature, which our creative nature is our divine feminine. It's like that flowy energy. It's like the connecting to our womb space. Our womb space has this like this deep creative flow that runs through us so, so deeply. When I say divine feminine, men and women have both. Like we both have divine feminine and divine masculine. And um, what helps me really connect back to that is again, those practices that I told you before, like slowing down, feeling the world feeling my body and when it is so hard when we're in like the deepest of the deepest holes in our minds can you hear me okay Mm -hmm. yeah I hope so oh my god did I lose you oh my god (laughs) when we are in like the deepest deepest places in our mind that like take us out of our creativity our job is then to to slow down to stop everything and to reconnect with with our beingness. So that for me is more time and meditation, more time. I, I love taking baths, baths, like rejuvenate my creativity a hundred percent. And then like doing slow, sensual movements and just allowing my body to move in that way is, has been helping to, to reawaken this creativity in my body. And also knowing perfectionism shows up when I'm not in my creative mode. So, um, working with my perfectionist, that's like said that everything has to be perfect. It has to be a certain way of like creating just for the sake of creating, drawing a picture, painting, going for a very slow walk in nature, like listening to a song that makes you slow down a bit and really come back into your body, even just for little snippets of your day, I think is like the thing to help reawaken that creative energy. Cause for me, it just means that I spent too much time in my mind and not enough time in my body. Cause our body is like that, that felt sense is that creation is that like, um, creative part of ourselves and our mind is like our divine masculine. It's our, it's the, the thing that gets to hold the creativity gets to implement the ideas, gets to implement the things. And our body is the, the divine feminine, the, the creativity. So reconnecting to your body often reawakens this creativity in you. Mm, I love that. Thank you. I really, connect with my 
inner child sometimes and try to get into like a state of like play. And I think that sometimes can bring about some creativity and really connection to others too. Cause I'll, I find that like, I'll be silly and I want to connect and like play with others. And then I'll want to create like different ideas or, and usually like my creative ideas include connecting with others, which I really enjoy. Isn't that, like what you used to love to do as a kid. Like that's, I love that you brought that up. Cause like all these things that I'm naming, I'm like, I used to love to do all these things as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. like reconnecting with that inner child piece. I love that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like drawing or painting. I've gotten back into painting. Um, also it's like soothing to like feel the brush on the canvas and like I don't know there's something really relaxing about it that really gets me into my body and I was listening to that um you ever heard the jewel podcast on um uh, Joe Rogan and Jewel did a podcast no but you did tell me about that she talks about like one thing that helps her with her panic attacks was like watching her hands and like, because the hands just like act on what the mind is doing. So like your hands, like say, say like you have, um, sort of like a habit of like going and cleaning, right? Like you're perfectionist or like your doer, And it's like when you have the chance to just go sit down and sit with yourself, but instead you're like cleaning. Well, if you're like paying attention to your hands, it kind of brings you back into like your body and like, what, what are you doing? And so I noticed that when I was like painting, I was like truly just like being with myself and like painting. And it's like, it would like bring me to my hands and like how grateful I am to like have hands that I can paint and like bring me into a state of like gratitude yeah oh I love that so much Mm. that's so true with the hands being like our connection to the world around us even Mm -hmm. you know and like our fingerprints being like our bodies like mark on the world like our just slowing down and just looking at your hands like right now just like seeing the different like squirrels and textures and like and, and again when we're doing that we're we're slowing down. I think the key to all of this is like slowing down. Yeah. Cause we're in such a fast paced society that it just is to keep us busy so that like, we can't come back to what we truly desire for ourselves and for the world. I think. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. It's just, um, just coming back into the body is so important. And I think that more people are starting to realize the importance of somatic work. So I'm really grateful to people like you that are doing this work. And thank you for I'm being so grateful here for this work. I'm so grateful for you, for our friendship, for just how we help each other grow. Like just so, so grateful. Thank you. Me too. How can people hear or connect with you on line or social media or contact yeah love that I am at Miranda Tiller on Instagram I don't use Facebook as much but I'm also on Facebook and then I have a website MirandaTiller.com but yeah I am starting to uh, 
just wanted to create deeper connections with people. And so the social media thing is going to be going not a way away, but just not my main source of connection. So my main source of connection would be listening to my podcast, which is Embody and Expand, which Emily will be on soon. Yay. And um, so that's Embody and Expand and also getting on my email list because I just feel like I talk to my email list on a different level than socials. Yeah. Yeah. How can, so how do you get to your email list? Yeah, there's, I have a couple freebies. You can look at them through getting on Instagram on my link tree. I think I have like a free five day meditation, breath work and meditation guide. And then I have, um, you can just go to my website as well and, and get in there. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll include everything in the show notes and I really am so grateful for you being on here today. Thank you for having me. It's been mm-hmm. so fun. We'll do it again. Yes. Thank you for joining me with Miranda today. If you want to connect with her, go to www.mirandatiller.com or find her on Instagram at Miranda Tiller. She would love to connect with you and I am so thankful for you and listening to this episode and I will see you next time. Bye.